cliffcentral.com Anthea Gardner She was hard for the money Anthea So hard for the honey Anthea She was hard for the money So you better treat her right Good morning. How are you, Anthea? Good morning, Gareth. I am well, thank you very much. Mabali, I have a question. Was that two billion rand that they were offering the president to leave? Yes, allegedly. Can we not crowdfund it? There are 55 million people <laughs> in South Africa. Oh, yeah. That's okay. just over 36 rand per person. Oh, I'd and, pay for yeah. myself oh. and someone else. Oh, well, I don't, who would be opposed to paying 36 rand Actually. for the president to Actually. kindly step away? Absolutely, it would be worth it. Ah. Huh. See, I was, Busy reporting on the news and you were busy crunching the numbers mm. like, the, like the pro that you do, Anthea. Fantastic. Wow. That's very impressive. Now, would you take a deal like that if you were a, a president? Do you look like you might go to jail one day? No, because he's getting a lot more ISIS. You think so? Oh, yeah. How many? How, how many? Billions and billions <laughs> and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions. All right, okay, all right, Trump. God damn it. I think Trump's got it right. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to get billions and billions. Okay, so... Um, Last week was really extraordinary, right? Fantastic week, yeah. For the week, the market was up 3.5%. On Friday, it was up billions half a percent. And billions and billions I'm and afraid we didn't trade billions and billions on Friday. It was a pretty slow day, actually. Sorry, it's obsessed. Only $1.2 billion traded on Friday. In fact, the volumes in rands have been very low in... Every day since the 20th of June has been below 20 billion rand day, mm. which is very unusual. I mean, we're normally um, at least, I would say, 40%, no, 30% more than that. Sure. Yeah, That's so not it's, good. So it's very quiet on the market at the moment. And I don't really understand why either. I think we've South Africa seems to have fallen out of favor a bit. Anyway, on Friday, all major indices were higher. Resources had a nice little bounce after the mining charter was suspended, which has um, obviously drove all the resource shares much higher. And, of course, the RAND went on a proper trot. And then just for the record, when the mining charter was released, this new one, the RAND was trading at 12.63. It's now 13.03, so still 40 cents off the pre-charter Kind of strength strength level About 3% lower So I had a look to see if it was just us Or if it was emerging markets And I think you'll be interested in this So the Russian ruble is down 2% Whereas we're down 3% in that same period Since the release of the mining charter So we're worse than the Russian ruble Okay The Turkish lira was flat The Indian rupee was flat to slightly positive the Mexican peso was positive, stronger by 2.5%, and the Brazilian real was stronger by 3.3%. So we hmm. really have underperformed emerging markets, generally speaking. I mean, we've underperformed, our currency has underperformed the Brazilian real by 6.3% in that month. Oh, and it's really? been only a month. And what are they doing right that we're not doing, and what are we doing wrong? In, in a sentence... They're impeaching their presidents. Yep. And sending the corrupt ones to jail. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really, just, just like that. It, it really is that simple. That's what hey? we need to do, huh? Yeah. There's a clue in that. Wow. <laughs> All right. So the stronger end, of course, had the banks rallying. The index was up 4.6%, which is so nice for a change. It, these poor banks really have been yeah. suffering since the downgrade. 
Even the retailers, which have been the biggest laggards since the downgrade, have had a good run. Mr. Price was up 4%. Truers was up 3.2%. And even Woolworths, which had put out a fairly disappointing trading statement last week, was up 1.5% on the day on Friday. And then, of course, you can imagine stronger and um, – re- well, sorry, despite – the stronger rand, I should say. The rand hedges reacted very well. Naspers was up 1%. But you know what it is? It's, it's not that they were rand hedges. It's more this positive news flow coming out of the country um, and that things are being controlled, I guess. Anyway, yeah. so for the week, Naspers was up 9.5%. Can That's you believe incredible. That? Mm-hmm. It's now above 2,700 rand per share. So all that panicking I did a couple of weeks ago, I can, it's fine now. It's, it's all okay all of a sudden. Hmm. But you know what it is. You just can't time these things. So you can't, you know, we always have this discussion. So when Naspers was 2,800 or in fact might have been 2,700, you were saying, should we sell? And then when it went to 2,500, you're going, see, we should have sold. But now it's back at 2,500. You don't know when to sell. You kind of have to do the homework, do the fundamentals. And trust that your vision or that your calcs are right and that the share will rally. Well, you've got to hope so. And also, you've taught me that there's no point in looking at these things short term. You actually have to forget about the fact that it's going to go up and down because really we – I suppose you could have sold when it was around 2000 – It did hit 2,800, I think. Yeah. No, but I mean you could have sold when it was at a, at a much lower number in the yeah. last couple of weeks and then you wouldn't have got the, the gains the of last week. The 10% rally. Yeah. That's so, what I'm saying. You can't yeah. time the market. Yeah, you have to just stick stick to your guns and, and, and hope that you've made the right decision. Once you've done the work, yeah. Well, you do the work for us. Okay, once I've done the work. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and, then, and then bits of other company news. Richemont announced that their head of watchmaking, a guy called George Kern, suddenly resigned. Now, why is this such a big deal? I think there's a no, couple why? of, <laughs> I think it's a couple of things. So, so, so Richemont are going through this restructuring and suddenly there seems to be a shift or a recovery in, um, kind of the, the luxury goods, um, sector. And when that, and not only was he head of watchmaking, in fact, he was also responsible for digital and marketing. And when you're going through this restructuring and this uh, recovery, what you really want is this kind of guy there, um, kind of driving the transformation or driving the process. He was the youngest CEO within Richemont in 2000 when he got appointed mm-hmm. at the age of 36. Wow. Which I, which I think is quite something to be head of such a big conglomerate, really. He comes from, um, uh, when they bought IWC and what was it? Jaeger Lekult. Mm-hmm. He, he was bought as part of that deal. Hmm. And so they made him head of the company. And now he's gone. Yeah. The share was down 87 basis points. So 0.87% on Friday because of it. So, I mean, I think it, will it hugely impact the share? I hope not because we do own it. All right. But it is a negative and not great because not only that, they didn't have a successor for him. Doesn't sound like a lot of good uh, planning on their part. They should have. They should have had a backup plan. They definitely should. Have. <clears throat> Tell me about Brian Joffe's Long for Life. Oh yes. So, you know, two weeks ago they announced that they're buying Hold Sport for two point six billion rand, which was mm-hmm. an eleven percent premium to where the share was trading, and then on Friday they confirmed, because we suspected they would, that they're buying Sorbet. Huh. But listen to this: the amount is only a hundred and sixteen million rand. Hmm. Which seems almost small considering there are 200 uh, sorbet outlets. Um, 
Is it cheap or not at 11.5 times price earnings ratio? So how does that, because these are franchise stores, right? That's right. So how does that affect the individual franchisees? Oh, it's business as usual, unless Brian Joffe can do something in the industry to make it more efficient. So so I don't think a lot of these stores don't look very profitable to me. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of them are not at all profitable. In fact, I suspect they're losing money. There's 200 outlets. And one of the other problems is that actually the sorbet stores don't have um, um, like r- territorial restrictions. So you could be a franchisee and open a store right next door to another franchisee. Right. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to, but you could potentially. You could. Mm. And that's kind of half the problem, I think. I mean, 200 outlets, that's quite a lot, I think. That's a that's a fortune of outlets, and and you say you don't think they're all profitable. Oh, definitely not. I yeah, sure. I've, I've seen so these sorbets pop up everywhere. My, you must have seen them as well. Sure. And they seem to be nice stores. I mean, people like them, people support them, but I can't imagine it's a luxury thing. And in this current economy, I don't know that they're going to be on the up and up. I'm not sure either. And I know that the product markup is quite steep compared to the other products. You, you know, where you can get the same product somewhere else. So. And I think people are aware of it, and people watch their pockets in this kind of environment. Right. You know, I think with Kevin Hedewick now kind of joining Joffe, what was it, a couple of months ago already? Um, I'm almost looking for them to buy a food franchise. Yeah. So they've got a sporting, they've got a beauty therapy. Mm-hmm. I think for Kevin Hedewick, it would make sense if they bought a food outlet or franchisee. Do you have any earmark that you think you would want to buy if you were them? Sitting with a pile of money and expertise. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's <laughs> Sarah and I have had this discussion actually, and so there's probably like there, there's uh, Simply Asia, there's Ocean Basket, there's there's a couple out there that could make good franchise stores actually mm. that aren't owned by the big conglomerates already. All right, well there you see. That's why you ask Anthony these questions because you can. You can tie her down to her answer now, and then you can always see in the future whether or not it would have played out that way. It's fun. This is a fun game. <laughs> it's our game of speculation. Yeah. All right. Um, just quickly tell me about the um, – there's something you, you, you figured out here. Of the 25 S&P 500 companies that are reported, 19 have already beat analysts' expectations. That's in the U.S., obviously. Yeah, so that started last week. Yeah. Um, so U.S. reporting season started last week. The downside was that on Friday, um, some of the banks reported not that great, unfortunately. JP Morgan, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo reported last week, and unfortunately, not that great. But the other companies have done particularly well. Expectations in the U.S. are now that for this earnings season, that earnings are going to be 8% higher than they were last year this time, which is a fantastic growth number, especially when the economy is growing below 2%. Um, so yeah, so, so I think we're all very excited. The one thing I did also calculate was the S&P 500 is now trading at an 18 times earnings multiple where in the last 12 months or in that's for the last, sorry, last 12 months earnings multiple. And then their long term multiple is 15 times. So actually the S&P, despite this 8% increased expectation, I think the S&P is looking a little bit expensive. But I think they're pricing in this future growth. Hmm? Mm. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how you, do you see this, this trend continuing or do you think that there is a, a little bit of a 
bubble developing somewhere. So I think, no, so I, I don't think it's a bubble. I think the U.S. has still got some growth left in it. Um, it is a bit expensive, so I am nervous, but the growth has been priced in. So as long as they can keep this kind of 19 out of 25 beating expectations, we're okay. As long as that ratio is intact, we're fine. All right, are we going to have a nice week this week like we had last week? I hope so, because all I just checked my indices now. Asia's green again. Good. So that's very exciting. That's a good indicator. All right. Wonderful. Let's hope we've got some great news by the end of this week. All right. And then you're going away sometime soon. Um, yes, I'm going away next this weekend coming. So mm-hmm. next week I'll be in London. Right. I'll call you from there on Wednesday. I've all got right. time on Wednesday morning. How's that? Brilliant. But uh, otherwise, Henry and Celia will stand in for me. Fantastic. And then my brother's in town this week as well, so Henry will stand in for me on Wednesday. All right. All very exciting in my life all Good. of a sudden. <laughs> Good. And let's, uh, let's hope we make billions and billions and billions and billions and billions. Thank you, Anthea. Billions and billions and This is your new theme song for this week. Billions and 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 billions. Cliffcentral.com